Welcome to the Old Time Radio Superman Show from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, adam at adamsweb.us, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. If you love great superhero stories, I recommend you pick up my superhero story, The Speed of Santa. Joshua Speed has been shot forward to the modern age from the 1950s and is disillusioned by the world around him. But one trip on Christmas Eve could change everything. He's given a task of delivering presents to people all around the world. He's got the speed to do it. He's got the speed of Santa. The speed of Santa is available as an ebook. It's also available as an audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Superman. The original air date, March the 9th of 1949. And this one is the case of the double trouble. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. And oh, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Metropolis becomes the scene of a spectacular series of robberies, with the finger of suspicion pointing directly to Superman and his friends in the transcribed case of Double Trouble. Our story begins at Central Police Headquarters in Metropolis, where we find Superman in his guise of mild-mannered Clark Kent and cub reporter Jimmy Olsen waiting for Inspector Henderson to give them the latest report on a daring robbery which took place the night before. Jeepers, what's taking the inspector so long, Mr. Kent? If he doesn't come out soon, we're going to miss the final edition. Well, he put 20 suspects in the lineup, Jim. Can't expect Mrs. Van Dyke to identify the criminal just like that, you know. Uh, between you and me, Mr. Ken, I don't expect her to identify him at all. Why not? She said she never saw him. She only remembers his voice. Well, he swears she'll recognize it anywhere. Huh. It's funny, a guy stealing paintings. What's so funny about it? They're worth almost $50,000. I saw them myself only last week. You did? Uh-huh. I went up to Mrs. Van Dyke's home to do a story on them, and I said, oh, here comes the inspector now. Yeah, with Mrs. Van Dyke. She doesn't look too happy. No, she doesn't. Paul, I'm only too glad to do whatever I can. I do so want to get my paintings back. Oh, inspector. Huh? Oh, hello, Kent. Hi. No luck? Nope. Mrs. Van Dyke, would you care to make a statement for the press? What? Why, you. You're the reporter who came to interview me last week, aren't you? Yes, that's right. I'm very sorry to hear about the robbery. But I know Inspector Henderson will catch up with the criminal very soon. Well, thank you, Ken. Thank you. Inspector Henderson has already caught up with the criminal. Oh? Inspector, arrest this young man. What? Mr. Ken? He's the one. I'd know his voice anywhere. My voice? Arrest him, Inspector. He stole my painting. The Case of Double Trouble, a new Superman adventure, complete in one episode, will continue in just a moment. Fellas and girls, who are you going to surprise this month with your own Make-A-Card greeting? 
Is it going to be a friend of yours? Perhaps Dad is going to have a birthday this month. Well, whoever gets one of the cards you will create and manufacture from your own make-a-card kit, I know that they'll be mighty pleased. It's a beautifully designed card which you yourself actually make. That's right. You create and manufacture a new and different type greeting card. A greeting card that is a sincere thought because you've added that important personalized touch. You color the card and add the gold or silver metallic paper. You cut the card out, and then you write in either a poem that you have written, or you can select one of the many assorted greetings we have included in the set for your use. All in all, the finished product is a masterpiece in fine greeting cards. There are six different types of cards in the set. Two birthday cards, two Easter cards, and a Mother's and Day and Father's Day card. Six new and different greetings which you create and manufacture yourself. And that's not all, fellas and girls. There are six make-your-own envelopes included in the kit. After you complete the cards, why, then you mail the greetings in the envelopes that you yourself have made. Now, you'll also have fun with the gold and silver metallic paper and the box of crayons. Ah, yes, sir, gang, it's a fun-packed idea which you'll want to get in on. Now, in a few minutes, I'll be back to tell you about the many new and novel ideas that the set contains. So be sure to keep listening. Back to the adventures of Superman and the case of Double Trouble. Standing by at Central Police Headquarters with Jim Olson, waiting for the latest developments in the robbery of an art collection valued at $50,000, Clark Kent was astounded when Mrs. Van Dyke, the owner of the stolen paintings, suddenly claimed that she recognized his voice and accused him of the crime. Now in Inspector Henderson's private office, Kent tries to laugh off the accusation. Why, it's ridiculous, Inspector. Mrs. Van Dyke made a mistake, that's all. But she swears you're guilty, Kent. Well, now, be reasonable, Inspector. You don't think I am, do you? Well, or do you? I don't know what to think. Well, now, wait a minute, Inspector. You can't accuse Mr. I'm Kent. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. And you keep out of this, Olson. Oh, yes, sir. The fact still remains that Mrs. Van Dyke positively identified your voice, Kent. Well, she ought to have her ears examined, or her head. Olson, I am warning you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, she's positive I'm guilty, and I'm positive I'm not. Now, where do we go from here? You want to book me, get my fingerprints, put me in a cell? Now, look, Kent. Understand my position, will you? Sure. Mrs. Van Dyke has a lot of influence in Metropolis. And unless I investigate you thoroughly, well, she'll go right over my head to the D.A., So cooperate, will you? Okay, okay. Start investigating. Uh, That's better. Now, you admit you knew about the paintings. Of course. I did a feature story on them for last Sunday's magazine section. You knew exactly where they were in Mrs. Van Dyke's home. Yes, she took me around herself. Mm. Now, look here, Inspector. Easy, Jim, easy. The inspector's only trying to get his facts straight. Go on, Inspector. Well, there's one thing that'll get you off the hook. Proof of your whereabouts last night at the time of the robbery. Midnight. Well, now we're getting somewhere. I was up in Bayville from about 10 in the evening until 2 in the morning. Bayville? Doing what? Well, nothing, as it turned out. What do you mean? The chief, uh, Perry White, phoned me around 9 and asked me to meet him at a hotel up there. He said he was on the trail of a story. So I caught a train at 9.15 and was there by 10, but, I don't know, somehow we missed connections. I never did see the chief. But, but Mr. Kent... Yes, Jim? He, you couldn't have been... I mean, uh, that is... Oh, a... stop stammering, Olson, and out with it. Uh, Nothing. I I made a mistake. Mistake? Nothing. What were you going to say? Well, go on, Jim. Don't try to hide anything. Mr. Kent, 
Did you forget you called me at 10 o'clock and asked me if I wanted to see the main event at the arena last night? I what? Well, well. I was awful surprised. You know I usually go to bed around 10. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jim. Let me get this straight. I phoned you last night and asked you to go to the fights with me? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Kent. I didn't mean to get you into trouble. Well, Kent, believe me, Inspector, I never called him. I was in Bayville, as I told you. Jim, you must have made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Uh, forget it, will you, Inspector? I'm afraid I can't. Well, look, all you have to do is talk to Perry White. He'll tell you. That's exactly what we're going to do. And right now. Oh, poppycock. I never sent you to Bayville last night. I never sent you anywhere. But, but Chief, I talked to you myself. You said you were at the hotel. You were going to wait for me. Kent, I didn't leave this office until after midnight. I didn't talk to you or anyone. All but... right, Kent. How do you explain it? I can't. Chief, are you sure you haven't forgotten? Forgotten? How could I forget a 20-mile trip? Oh, blast it. Come in. I brought you coffee, Mr. White. Coffee? Who ordered coffee? Why, you did, sir. Miss Backrack called up five minutes ago, and I hurried as fast as I could. Great Caesar's ghost. What's going on around here? I never asked her for coffee. Oh, gosh, Mr. White, if you forgot something you did only five minutes ago, then maybe you really did call Mr. Kent last night. I tell you I didn't call Kent, and I didn't order coffee either. Hey, calm down, Chief. You'll blow a few. Oh, of all the idiotic things. Well, that... I still think... With what? With what? Shut up. Yes, sir. Your coffee's getting cold, Mr. White. Well, you take that coffee and... Hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Willie, come back here. Yes, sir. Did you see me last night? Yes, sir. Where? Right here in your office. What time? Oh, 11 o'clock. You called for some coffee and donuts, and I brought them up to you. Thank you, Willie. Thank you very much. That's all, and uh, you can leave the coffee here. Yes, sir. Will you be wanting anything else later? No, thank you, Willie. Goodbye. Well, Mr. Olson, are you satisfied now? Yes, sir. So, where do we stand, uh, Henderson? I'm afraid Kent is standing on a great big spot. Now, let's have the truth, Kent. I've told you the truth, Inspector. I did not steal those paintings. And why did you make up the alibi about going to Bayville? I didn't make it up. The chief called me and told me to meet him there. And I know you didn't commit that robbery, but you're not helping yourself by lying. Chief, I'm not lying. Believe me. Oh, confounded. Can a man have any peace in his own office? You want me to answer it, Mr. White? I'm not a cripple, Olson. Sorry. Hello. Oh. Oh. Oh, well, put her on. Lois Lane. Yes, Lois. What? Well, calm down. Calm down, will you? I can't understand the word you're saying. What? You're where? Great Caesar's ghost. What's the matter? Lois. Lois is in jail. She's what? Jail? Yeah, she's being held on, on suspicion of robbery. Thank goodness you got me out of that awful jail, Chief. I felt like a, a criminal. Well, what's the story, Lois? I don't know, Chief. Believe me, I don't know anything. But, any... Lois, they wouldn't hold you for nothing. What do you think they're doing to you, Mr. Kent? You? Are you in trouble too, Clark? So it seems. Now, here's Henderson. He'll give us the dope. Well, did you get the report from the detective who arrested Miss Lane? Yes, I did. And it looks pretty bad, I'm afraid. Well, huh? I didn't do anything. I was minding my own business. Now, just a minute, Lois. Just a minute. Uh, let Inspector Henderson talk. It seems that a woman dressed in a gray suit entered a private home on Ridgewood Drive, held up the butler and the downstairs maid, stole two mink coats valued at $15,000 apiece, and made a clean getaway. A woman in a gray suit? Gosh, you're wearing a gray suit, Miss Lane. Well, what of it, Jim? There's more than one gray suit in Metropolis. But you were picked up only three blocks away from the house five minutes after the robbery took place, well, and the butler and the maid both identified you as the woman who stole the furs. That's ridiculous. They were mistaken. Inspector Henderson, do you mean they saw Lois? 
Well, no. No, they didn't really see her face. She was uh, wearing a heavy veil. I never wear veils. I hate them. But they recognized her voice. Her voice? Lois, what were you doing on Ridgewood Drive? Waiting for Clark. You what? You heard me. I was waiting for you. What? You told me to meet you on the corner of Hillcrest and the Drive, and the next time you keep me waiting, Clark Kent, I... Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Lois. When did I tell you to meet me there? You phoned me only two hours ago. I... What is the matter with you, Clark? Lois, I... I haven't spoken to you all day. What? Two hours ago, I was down at police headquarters with Jim. That's right. And he didn't call anybody. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is going too far. It certainly is. First, Olson says Kent called him and Kent denied it. Then Kent claims you called him and you deny it. Now, Miss Lane says Kent called her and he denies that. I'm getting all mixed up. Hey, what kind of a song and dance are you people giving me anyway? Well, of all the nerves... Now, listen, no, 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 you listen you... to me, Kent. And you too, Miss Lane. $50,000 worth of paintings and $30,000 worth of furs have been stolen, and you're my only suspect. But I yeah, never no, heard no, I'll give you it. until tonight to make up your minds about who called who and who was where. And if your stories don't make sense... I'm going to pull you in. We'll be back in a moment with part two of The Case of Double Trouble, a complete Superman adventure story. So stand by. In the opening of today's program, fellas and girls, I told you about the new Make-A-Card kit, which contains enough material for you to create and manufacture your own greeting cards. Now, I'd like to tell you a little more about this set. It has everything you can possibly think of for creating the finest in greeting cards. Six beautifully designed cards. Two for Easter, two birthday cards, a Mother's and Father's Day card, and six envelopes you make yourself to mail the cards in. Now, the set also contains a box of the finest crayons, every color that you can think of. You also receive a sheet of gold metallic paper and a sheet of silver metallic paper. Now, if you can't think of an appropriate rhyme, let us say it for you. We've included many different poems that you can print on the inside of the card after the you have completed it. Well, that's it, fellas and girls, your very own greeting card company, wrapped up and sent to your home for only 25 cents. Too good to be true, isn't it? Well, don't be one of the gang who send in for this offer after we've sold out our limited supply. Hurry and send for your set today. I'll be back in a few minutes with the address, so be sure to keep listening. Now, back to the adventures of Superman and part two of the case of Double Trouble. Suspected of having committed two daring robberies, Clark Kent and Lois Lane find themselves entangled in a web of circumstantial evidence, unable to prove their innocence without the help of Perry White and Jimmy Olsen, who in turn have unwittingly become the chief witnesses against the two reporters. Now, early in the evening, we find Kent and Lois in the little coffee shop located in the lobby of the Daily Planet building, trying to unravel the confusing threads of evidence before Inspector Henderson can fulfill his threat of arrest. Let's go over it point by point, Clark. Okay. You say the chief called you from Bayville and told you to meet him there, and the chief denies that. Uh Uh-huh. And Jim said you called him to invite him to the fight, and you say you didn't. That's right. And you claim I told you to meet me on Ridgewood Drive, which I did not do. Right. So, where does that leave us? Behind the eight ball. Willie! Yeah, Mr. Kent? Give us a repeat here, will you? Two hamburgers, two coffees coming up. Well, trouble hasn't affected your appetite, obviously. Why should it? We both know we're innocent. Yes, but Inspector Henderson doesn't, and with two positive identifications, how can he help putting handcuffs on us? Well, you know, it's funny we should both be accused after we wrote stories on the stolen articles. 
Me on the paintings, you on the first. Me on, Mr. Kent, McLean. Oh. Hamburgers and coffee. Oh, thanks, Willie. Put it on the tab, will you, Willie? Sure. Say, uh, I understand you and Miss Lane are in hot water. Oh, <laughs> boiling water, Willie. If you need me as a character witness or something, uh, just sing out. Oh, Willie. I'll tell them you're both a couple of swell guys. Thanks a lot. We just hope it won't be necessary. Well, if there's anything I can do. Okay, Willie, thanks. Oh. Say, uh... I gotta go out for a minute. If anybody comes in, will you tell them to wait? I'll be right back. Yeah, sure thing, Willie. Oh, dear. You know, Clark, I've been thinking. We both received phone calls. We didn't dream them up. So if you didn't call me and the chief didn't call you, someone else must have... Brilliant deduction, Miss Lane. All right, Smarty, but I know your voice, Clark, and you know the chief's voice... So how could we possibly make a mistake in identification? How did Mrs. Van Dyke identify my voice? How did the butler spot yours? Clark, do you think it's possible for someone... Oh, that's Willie's phone. You better answer it. Okay. Hello? Hello? Mr. Kent? Uh-huh. This is Jim. Jim? Well, how'd you know I was down here? Oh, I called upstairs. Mr. White told me you went down for some coffee. Oh? What's up? Listen, I think I'm on the trail of something pretty hot. Can you and Miss Lane meet me right away? Why, yes, of course. Where? Corner of Market and 27th Street. Market and 27th. Got it? And will you hurry, Mr. Kent? Sure thing, Jim. See you in a few minutes. It was Jim. Oh? He wants us to meet him right away. He's on the trail of something hot. He is? Yes, and so am I. Come on, Lois. Let's make tracks. Jim told us to meet him? Positive. Market in 27th. Well, then where is he? You got me. Clark, you don't think this is another one of those strange calls? Well, it was Jim's voice, Lois. I'll swear to that. Say, wait a minute. Didn't Jim cover an assignment on some perfectly matched diamonds a couple of days ago? Why, yes. The chief wanted pictures of the stones for the Roto-Gravure, and he sent Jim along with the photographer to get material for the captain. Uh-huh. Clark, you don't think... I'm beginning to. Who owned those diamonds, Lois? A man named, uh, um, uh, Carver. Yes, Carver. He lives over on the west side, Blackburn Avenue. But, Clark, I don't... Wait a minute, look. Three police cars coming down Market Street. Yes, there are two more coming up the street. And more across 27th Street. All converging on this corner. What in heaven's name is going on? Well, Sergeant. Lois, there's the chief. Chief? Eh? Chief? Well, Lois, Kent. What in tarnation are you two doing here? We might ask the same of you. Why, all the police cars. Inspector Henderson called them out on a general alarm and told me to go with them. There's something going on in this building here. There is? What? Well, how do I know? But, Chief, the building's vacant. Vacant? How do you know, Clark? Well, uh, the, the, the windows are all dark, and, and some of them are even broken. Well, I don't think this place has been occupied in years. Well, I'll be... Now, what in blazes got into Henderson? He calls squad cars from as far as the west side to cover this. I'll have his height. Chief, Chief, you mean there's no police protection on the west side? Well, a few men pounding the beat, but... But they can't move fast in case of trouble, Chief. Get these men back where they belong and get over to the Carver Mansion on Blackburn Avenue as fast as you can. But why? Why? Oh, as you explain, I've got to get moving. Where are you going? Where do you think? Hurry up, will you? Now, what is that idiot raving about? I'll tell you about it on the way, Chief. We'd better do as he says. <laughs> Carver Mansion's around the corner. I wish he wouldn't go so fast. Oh, don't worry, Lois. Don't worry. No, I'm blessed if I see the connection between Jim's not meeting you and... Wait, Caesar, what's going on? Look at all those fire I'm not blind, Lois. I see them. Stop here, Sergeant. Where's the fire? Well, that's what I'd like to know. Come on. 
Oh, thank you, Willie. Working kind of late, aren't you, Mr. Kent? Yes, I am, Willie. Matter of fact, you know that mess Miss Lane and I were in? Yeah. Well, it's all cleared up. You don't say. Uh-huh. In a little while, I expect to find out exactly who cost it. You do? Well, that's great. I'm glad to hear it, Mr. Kent. I thought you would be, Willie. I guess I better be getting back to the shop. Right. Thanks for the coffee, Willie. Okay, Mr. Blast it, Kent. Will you please tell me? Quiet, Chief. He'll hear you. Well, what difference does it make? Now, listen, Kent. If you know anything, spill it. When the police and fire departments of this city are sent out on false alarms, well, it's high time something was done about it. I agree with you, Inspector. And for your information, the police squad cars were sent on a wild goose chase across town to keep them from interfering with the robbery at the Carver Mansion. I never sent them there. I know you didn't. And why did I supposedly call out the fire department? To create confusion near the Carver place. Draw a crowd so the real thief could make a getaway unnoticed. The real thief? Pa, do you know who it is? Yes. Well, oh, who is it? Who it? Come on with me to the chief's private office and I'll give you a personal introduction to him. <laughs> Places are we pussy footing around like this? Would you rather scare him away? Scare who away? Quiet now. Get close to the door and listen. Why, somebody's inside using your phone, Chief. Who? Who? Shh, wait and listen. Hello? Hey, Dad. This is Henry. Good heavens. It, it, it's impossible. Quiet. Pick up Clark Kent right away. Yes, on that robbery charge. He's in his office at the Daily Planet. Now step on it. Cheapers. If you weren't standing here right next to me, Inspector, I'd have sworn that was you. Why? Why, it's unbelievable. Listen, he's putting through another call. Hello, this is Perry White. Why, Chief, that's I you. I'll a message for Inspector Henderson when he gets there. Tell him I'm absolutely convinced now that my two reporters, Clark Kent and Lois Lane, are guilty. Have them pick up. Why'd he leave me out, I wonder? And have all of you heard enough? I'll say. Open that door, Henderson. Willie! No! What? There's your man, Henderson. Oh, what's going on? I hope you don't think I'm doing anything wrong. I had to make a phone call, Mr. Wayne. Don't try to weasel out of it, Willie. We know the whole story. We heard you. No, no, you can't prove anything. Oh, can't we? Well, you're under arrest. You won't get me, you won't. He's trying to get away. Not so fast, Willie. Oh. Oh, nice going, Mr. Kent. Why, Clark, I never knew you had it in you. Well, Kent, what's the story now? And how did Willie manage to do all this? Well, Willie's an excellent doubler and imitator, as you heard. He certainly is. Uh-huh. Well, on the night of the art collection robbery, he imitated your voice, Chief, and told me to get out of town. Then mimicked me in a call to Jim to destroy my alibi. Mm. And finally, in committing the robbery, used my voice again to point suspicion directly at me. Said he must have done the same thing to me. Well, exactly, and disguised himself in a gray suit and heavy veil. Before the robbery, he imitated my voice in a call to you to get you close to the scene. Well, then I guess he imitated your voice again, Miss Lane, when he called to tell me to meet you at the Carver place. And he imitated you, Jim, to send Lois and me across town to meet you at Market Street. As a matter of fact, that's when I first got suspicious. You did? How? Well, he said he knew I was in the coffee shop because the chief had told him I was down there. And the chief wasn't in his office at the time. On top of that, he asked for both of us, Lois and myself, to meet him. Now, how would Jim have known Lois was there, too? Yes, that's right. Oh, that's real smart detective work, Mr. Now, King. wait a minute, wait a minute. How did you know so much about the places he robbed? Where to find the paintings and the furs? Well, that's where we were all a little careless, I'm afraid. Willie simply overheard us talking about our assignments while we were in his coffee shop. We talked too much. I'll know better next time, I promise. Mm. Uh, it's coming, too. 
And just in time to go down to headquarters with me. I'll take good care of him, Inspector. And for heaven's sake, don't give him a cell with a phone. Or we'll all wind up talking to ourselves. And so ends the case of Double Trouble. Another transcribed Superman adventure mystery in the new half-hour series. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazines and brings you radio's most exciting stories of action, adventure, and mystery. Each story complete. So be sure to listen when you hear the familiar cry... Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! The Adventures of Superman comes to you at the same time, same station, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Remember, three different stories every week. Each one complete. Be sure to listen again Friday, same time, for another complete story on The Adventures of Superman. Welcome back. Not a bad episode, if um, a bit predictable. Obviously, someone was impersonating all of those uh, people. It was just a question of who. And I had a strong suspicion of Willie, but they did a good enough job to make me wonder whether it was a red herring. With Willie bringing up the coffee and saying someone called when Mr. White hadn't called. But that's what it did turn out to actually be Willie, who would have got away with it if he had just uh, skipped town after getting the diamonds. Because he wasn't going to get anything remaining at the planet. By framing all of the reporters there, he, he kind of killed the goose that laid the golden egg. James Lawrence enjoyed the episode despite it being predictable. He praised uh, Jackson Beck's uh, performance as Willie. He also notes that Superman really does take a backseat to Clark Kent. Essentially, Superman appeared in this one just so that people couldn't say that this should be called The Adventures of Clark Kent. As Kent actually does all the solving of the case. Uh, Andrea was probably a bit less impressed with this. She thought this was pretty obvious and then particularly Inspector Henderson should have been a bit quicker on the uptake. The ads are interesting to give kids the chance to set up a business. It'd be nice if it could have been a successful business, but you take what you can get. All right, well that will do it for today. And uh, next week we will get into the ABC episodes of Superman. So join us for that next Monday. If you have a comment, send it to me, adam at adamsweb.us. And be sure and rate the show on iTunes. And pick up your copy of The Speed of Santa from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.